Hello, listeners. This is The Pulse with your host, Daryl Williams. I want to personally welcome each of you back. We are doing our part to help our HBCU band programs during these trying times. This COVID-19 or coronavirus is a challenge that's presenting new opportunities requiring some out-of-the-box thinking to be creative. This is my doing my part to help all HBCU band programs continue their recruitment efforts for 2020. We will revisit an earlier podcast with two dynamic HBCU band directors, Professor Mark Gordon of Langston University's Marching Pride and Professor Patrick Moore of South Carolina State University's Marching 101. Let's share this info with all of our colleagues at the high school level and help our soon-to-be graduates of 2020. Lastly, if other HBCU directors want to be guests on this podcast, become a member of MIPC, the Music Initiative Project and Consortium, and book your appointment for Tuesday, March 24th. Visit www.m-i-p-c1.com for more info. Thank you. Our special guest on tonight's podcast is Professor Mark Gordon, the director of bands at Langston University. Um, hey there, Prof. How you doing? How you doing, Prof. Williams? Good to hear from you, man. Oh, man, it's great to hear from you as well. And Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year. Yeah. One more year. One more year. We've been oh. blessed to see. Yeah, that is a blessing indeed. So basically, uh, Prof. Gordon, what we're going to... I'm, what I'm going to do tonight is not a we. I'm going to just ask you a few questions and get a little bit of your background. Um, and I'll start here. Uh, please tell the audience about your undergraduate and graduate experiences. Okay. Uh, well, I was an undergrad. I graduated from Prairie View a &M University, home of the Marching Storm. I went to Prairie View, uh, was in a band. Uh, Pledge Kappa Kappa Psi. I graduated in 95. Uh, before I graduated, I was uh, influential in coming up with the name, The Marching Storm. I was drum major, uh, president of Kappa Kappa Psi. I was Mr. Prairie View in 93. Um, I guess I'm going backwards. <laughs> no, that's okay. I marched with Dale Williams in the storm. Uh, <laughs> Dale has been a, was a hell of a musician. When I first got there, you were uh, clarinets. You you were clarinet section leader, and yeah. then um, and then my next year you were saxophone section leader. You didn't even go through the set. You were saxophone section leader, and then and yeah. now you jumped on and you you using the fourteen k you in the tuba section. So you moved all through the band when I was in the band. I graduated from there, uh, mm -hmm. which is. Went to uh, a high school in Houston, MB Smiley High School. Created a decent marching band program there. Uh, was there to 2005 when I left Smiley in 2005. Was marching about 375, 400. Uh, went back to Prairie as the assistant director. Um, got my first master's in divinity at a uh, Gregoria School in College of Biblical Studies, and got my second master's. Uh, at Texas Southern University in arts with emphasis in music composition. And uh, just finished, actually just finishing up my, my doctorate in education leadership instruction from North Central University in Arizona. 
Oh wow, that's cool, man. Yeah, so now, nah, so so I, I this is my second year at Langston University. When I first got here, when when, when I when I first got here, the band was marching uh forty five. Of uh, forty six. Whoa! My first year at forty, uh, hundred and fifty, and this is my second year, and we we tipped out this year at two hundred and twenty students. So roughly, roughly about a hundred and forty, hundred forty, hundred forty seven freshmen in the band program this year, and the program is steady growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, I, I'm a decent recruiter, and I have a hell of a staff here. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I've seen your your recent successes, man. And that that's, it's truly inspirational. It's inspirational to me, of course. And then the college band heads, what are some of the future things we can look forward to coming from the Langston University Marching Pride, right? Y'all call yourself the lump right? yes, in 2020. The Langston University Marching Pride. Well, I'm pushing for us to be in the uh, Crackle Barrel Ballad Bands and Labor Day of next year. Uh, I'm, I want to grow my numbers to at least to at least 250 to 300 students for next year. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to do. Uh, I want to at least do the Honda Ballad of Bands. Um, my big thing, bro, is I want to uh, get some students in school and out. I want to get them graduated. My big thing is recruiting a student with a, with a great GPA, so I could go ahead and get them in the band program, have the band experience, and have them to graduate. Uh, next year, I want to push to get the band to go to New Orleans, do the Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna mm-hmm. I wanna come back to, I wanna come back to Houston, do the MLK parade in Houston. And uh okay. uh I wanna have a full comprehensive music program, not just the marching band. The marching band is a draw for me. I, I, I know all the kids like marching band, but I wanna uh now we have enough students. I have a win ensemble, I have a concert band, I have a woodwind choir, I have a percussion ensemble, I have a jazz band, I have a trumpet ensemble. So uh, I want to get these ensembles rolling so I can get these, make these students musicians. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's amazing, man. That, that I think that's the best way for programs to to move in the direction that have those multiple ensembles because you recruit kids not only for the marching band, they come there with other musical skill sets and they want to exercise the opportunities in those other ensembles as well. So Absolutely. you it sounds like you're, you're on the right track to doing it the right way, man. Yeah, man, I'm I'm appreciative because of my uh, I tell you here at Lancaster University, uh, um, the president university, Dr. Kent Smith, and that administration have truly backed the program. Uh, Doc, they bought me. Uh, they spent one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on two hundred and I think two hundred fifty uniforms, two hundred fifty brand new uniforms. They oh, spent yeah, a quarter. Yeah. They spent a quarter of a million dollars, man. Uh, on brand new horns. I got all new horns, man. I was able to design my own trumpet. Uh, we got sousaphones, uh, all system blue uh, percussion. Uh, and and with scholarships, scholarship money, let's see, the, the school has invested roughly about $1.8 million in the band program this year. That's, that's so, a, a huge investment. So now I've seen video of the marching band, high energy performances and how much work um, it probably takes. What does an average band camp day look like? For, yeah. Band camp starts for us at 4.45 a.m., bro. Uh, <laughs> 4.45 a.m. We meet up at 4.45 and from, from 5 to 7, we're doing calisthenics exercise. Uh, from 7 to 8, we do breakfast. I don't let them eat, eat, eat any dairy. Uh, mm-hmm. No eggs, no sodas, no no sweets. 
Then from eight to 10, we go back outside into sectionals. There I am teaching them the marching style, the move, the groove, the traditional moves that we do, the, the way they hold their horn, the, the, the 90, the, uh, the heel toe, the, uh, the precision that we usually use. From 10 to 12, we go into sectionals. In sectionals, I'm teaching them traditional stuff that we usually use little scales. We go over traditional stuff like the school song, the Star Spangled Banner, the fight song, traditional mm-hmm. songs that we play. From 12 to 1, eat lunch, same thing, no dairies, no sodas, no sweets. Yeah. Uh, from, one, from 1 to 3, uh, I have them in band camp, and they take a, a, a course from 1 to 3 called Fall Master. In Fall Master, this is a class that's given to all the freshmen in the band program. It's where they learn the history of the school. What's the school colors, uh, how to do their financial aid, where to find the right buildings at, where to find their classes, how to study, teach them good study habits, teach them who, where they go to to go to certain labs in the band program. From 3 to 5, we do full band rehearsal. As we do mm-hmm. full band rehearsal from three to five, from five to six, uh, is of, of course uh, dinner. Same thing, no dairies, no sweets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then I let them, I let them break from like six to six thirty. Yeah. From six thirty to six thirty to eight, nine, maybe ten o'clock at night. Sometime ten thirty, we own that field, going up and down that field, marching and playing, trying to get them used to uh, to marching and 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 and. And the groove that we do as far as we march, as far as making the sound of the band, get us get a full round sound and placing, showing them the 22 and a half inch step, uh, making sure that everybody hits the line at the same time, using the ball of their foot, trying to get yeah. them used to doing all that. I let them go at, at 1030 and we back at it again at 445 a.m. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> now, man that, is, that sounds like the military, man. That's, that sounds like, but. It, it's all worth it in the long run. What's so crazy about it is the fact that um, I do all I do so much work doing band camp because at band camp I want to get all the fundamentals and stuff out the way so that when school starts we can practice from we practice from five to eight, from five to eight. Oh, okay. So Tuesday mandatory study hall. Uh, I make all the band students go study. Uh, we we're in the library. We're in the math lab. We're in the reading lab. We're in the writing lab. Biology lab. And uh, I make them study, Doc. If they don't study, if, I, if yeah. they, they miss study hall, I take their scholarship. Okay. So uh, okay. so we practice Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. If we got a game Saturday, you know, we got this performance on Saturday, Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. But if we don't have a game, usually I give them the weekend off. Man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That You know what? The, I like that you really touched on the academic side of it because a lot of kids, I would say young people, go to college and they think, oh, I'm just here for marching band, but they don't think about the academic side of it. And that money, scholarship money is there, but it can be lost as well. But the positive yes, aspect of it is that you're giving them the opportunity to actually be a part of the Langston University Marching Pride Band. So yeah. and that's, that you should be commended for that, man, and the, and the work that you've done. Man, my staff does so much work, yeah. man. Uh, yes. John, Jonathan Allen, he's the uh, one of my sisters. He's a graduate of Mississippi Valley. Uh, mm-hmm. Carl Collins, he's a graduate of Southern University, the band director at Beaumont Central, master drill yeah. writer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got, yeah. You got uh, Will, Will Rollins, he's a graduate of Southern. He was at Lambda Walker. 
uh, Cliff wow. Love, who was at Prairie yeah. View, one of my students at Smiley, and then at Prairie View, uh, and he just followed me on over here. And then uh, Miss <laughs> Taylor Byrne, she's uh, she's over my yes. she's over my over my color guard and my felines was our majorettes. So they yes. they work hard, Doc. They work real hard, man. I kind of I kind of oversee a lot of stuff, but they they are the real heroes in this story. <laughs> oh wow, wow. Yeah, you got a team, man. You 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 got some legends in there. I would say some some present day legends on that staff, and some up and coming young bucks that are doing an amazing job as well. Yeah. So, but my my last question for you is: I've known you to be a faith filled person, Prof. Gordon, and it's yeah. admirable and inspirational. How does your faith inspire the band members on a day to day basis? Wow, man! I was uh, I was trying to exhibit uh, exhibit Christ in everything that I do, man. Exhibit Christ yeah. everything before uh, at the end of band rehearsal, we pray. Uh, in fact, it started yeah. out with me praying uh, after every band rehearsal, uh, and, mm-hmm. and now it's to the point now that the students pray. They get together, wow. they do all the announcements. Uh, everybody touch somebody, and then someone leads the whole band in prayer, and uh, yeah. that helps out, man. It it it. it it brings us a lot closer together, uh, mm-hmm. faith-wise. Uh, sometime when I'm fussing, I might be quoting scriptures. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's that's great to hear, man. That that to me, like it's not enough of that being asked of band directors to do. And you know, you have to be politically correct so much, but that's what these youngsters need. Absolutely. Needed, and if they don't. Act like they don't want to hear it. They hear it. maybe it's touching them somewhere in their lives. If they get in in a situation, they remember, man, someone prayed. So I just need to kind yeah. of use that and just lean on that. So, but that that's yeah. really positive, man. No, that wasn't my last question. I got to ask a question about the scholarships for the marching band program. What are the requirements for the scholarships? Wow, man, I have so many. In fact, uh, the university just allowed me now to uh, create another scholarship for the band. It's called the, the PASS Scholarship, Pride Assisting Student Scholarship. It's a scholarship for students that are out of state. Uh, it pays 7400 which makes them an in-state student. So I'm able to give a kid 7400 to go to Langston, and then I give them another scholarship on top of that. Well, let me, I'll even back up better than that. It costs roughly about uh, seventeen thousand to go to Langston University in state, which is roughly about eight thousand, some change a semester. We are the third cheapest HBCU in the country. Uh, hmm. I think Elizabeth, Elizabeth City is the first one, and the other one is actually a community college. Uh, that's that's above hmm. us, but but uh, so with me giving a kid seven thousand four hundred for for the past scholarship, I'll also give them say for an average scholarship of maybe four thousand, which is yeah. seventy nineteen. That's that's a uh, that's eleven thousand four hundred dollars for band, and if the student has good grades, they're they're eligible for an academic scholarship as well as well. So hmm. between the the, the past scholarship, the band scholarship. They get an academic scholarship and their Pell Grant. A lot of our students almost go to school for free. They almost go to school for a lot of them. You, you're going you naturally nowadays. You're going to pay. You're going to put. So you're going to pay something out your pocket, either, yeah. either with, a, yeah. with a scholarship. I mean, with 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 uh, with a loan or something like that. Usually about a thousand, maybe two thousand, maybe three thousand dollars. But the majority of the kids uh, might have a 
usually uh, their, their financial aid takes care of everything. So a lot of students yeah. don't come out their pocket for anything. They just got to keep their grades up, which I push for. My big thing is retention. So uh, the qualifications is, uh, for a student, if they know I, I need them to know all their scales, oh. if they don't know all of them, we'll work with them. Uh, a prepared piece, something that's showing off their technical ability on their horns. Uh, for percussion players, if they could play some mallet percussion, maybe play some scales on some mallet percussion. Uh, they know you know 60 center rudiments. Uh, they know their rudiments, or or and can read. Maybe do a little sight reading. Possible. I work with them. Our dancers. Uh, I give scholarship for majorettes and color guard as well. That concludes our interview with Professor Mark Gordon of Langston University. If you'd like to reach Mark Gordon, he can be contacted at his email address, mark.gordon at langston.edu, mark.gordon at langston.edu. Also, he can be reached at 832-597-4319. Thank you for listening to The Pulse. Episode 2.
This is The Pulse, and thank you to those who've taken the time out to listen to this fourth episode. We really appreciate those who have listened to these episodes, and we're making an effort to change the music education narrative one episode at a time. There have been many conversations about what collegiate band directors are looking for when it comes to their recruits. This podcast is our effort to gain more information from an HBCU marching band program more than likely in the thick of recruitment season. My question is, does participation in high school concert band matter regarding collegiate band scholarships? I ask this question due to a statement made by another director saying that it really doesn't matter to the collegiate directors if a student actually participated in their high school concert band. Let's find out if that topic really does matter in tonight's podcast. So we welcome as our special guest tonight, Professor Patrick Moore, Director of Bands from South Carolina State University. And welcome to you, Prof Moore. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, doing good. It's an honor to be here uh, with you guys. Uh, thank you for the invitation. Much appreciated. Um, Prof Moore, tell us a little bit about yourself and the program at South Carolina State University. Well, I'm from uh, originally from Arkansas. I attended the university bachelor's degree. Then I attended Texas Tech for my master's. I'm currently um, in, a, in a dissertation writing phase through Abilene Christian, working on my EDD and organizational leadership in higher education administration. Um, this is my second year uh, at South Carolina State. Uh, we are kind of what I like to say are in a rebuilding phase, revamping some things. Uh, with the program, um, particularly with our in, in the instrumental department area, trying to you know rebuild each program, instrumental program that we offer uh, to its fullest potential, and trying to do some other things within the program too to gain more exposure uh, as far as performances uh, at you know music education conferences. The Wind Ensemble will actually be performing next week at the South Carolina uh, South Carolina music education conference for the first time in school history and just oh, trying wow. to do things too to get these students some um, some big experience so we got a lot of different goals that i set out personally and some things i've done with my staff as well and we're just working on trying to achieve all those things here quickly oh that's amazing man the south carolina state or south carolina music educators conference right yes okay man that's cool that's that's a big deal i, I would say that's big time what are your thoughts about tonight's topic? Does participation in high school concert band matter regarding collegiate band scholarships? What do you think about that? It does matter. Um, I can speak for our program and for fact that it matters because when a student comes in to audition, one of the requirements, which we have listed on our website, uh, and we also tell the directors, we want to hear the students, one, play their scales, we prefer to see if they can play them two octaves, uh, and I actually prefer them to play them in two different styles. One, I would like for them to just play them all in quarter notes uh, at a straight tempo, and then the second version, I would like for them to play them in a eighth note uh, fashion or sixteenth note fashion at the same tempo as well. It just shows how flexible the student is as far as one knowing the instrument, being able to also know their range, and the technical ability of just playing scales in general. Um, next, for the wind players, we ask that they play two contrasting pieces, one being a, a technical A2, something that you would generally see students perform when they go to audition for our region or our state. 
or district and things of that nature. And then the second one, we ask the students to play a lyrical piece. And see, students can get all this uh, information on how to actually perform these type of things that we're looking for with students in their high school concert band. So it does matter a whole lot. Uh, the concert band also gives the students the ability to be more expressive musically. And those are the type of things that we are looking for when students come to audition at South Carolina State. Yeah, we do have some students that uh, they do come in and after they've played those things, then they still want to display something that they've done in marching band. And we do entertain the fact and listening to it because we want to see that skill set as well. But the concert aspect, uh, you know, that's where you get really detailed with the technical ability of breathing. It's that's the, one of the important things in playing your instrument is knowing how to properly breathe and how to properly be musical. And concert band really helps you do those things. Marching band does help to an extent, but you are kind of limited as far as what you're playing uh, in right. some ways. And concert band pushes you past that, um, yes. that limitation, right? So it matters a lot. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we, we want to dispel any of the, the rumors that it doesn't matter. And I pretty much figured it's, it's, it's a cut and dry answer. It, it does matter. Um, so you spoke about the student being able to display their, their different musical abilities. And that's a segue into my second question. Um, the importance of a student being well-rounded for music in the instrumental program at South Carolina state. How important is that? It's very important because we offer, of course, we offer marching band, but we also offer, we have two concert bands that perform in the spring semester. Um, and then we also have a jazz band program. We have a brass ensemble, and we're working towards developing full-time percussion ensemble and full-time woodwind ensemble. Mm. So being able to be flexible, one, <clears throat> the more flexible you are, there's probably a chance you're going to get a bigger offer scholarship-wise because it shows that you can be beneficial to multiple aspects of the instrumental program instead of just one main area. So yeah. I tell students all the time, you know, don't just settle, oh, I'm good at marching band, I don't want to do concert band. Do what you have to do to be as flexible as possible on your instrument because one it will help you get more funds when you come to college but also if you're going to be a music educator it's just good thing to be well-rounded in the different aspects of uh, being a musician so that that makes a whole lot of sense um what are some suggestions about musicians pre preparing for band scholarship auditions what would you specifically su suggest well, one thing I would tell students, uh, first, you know, kind of see where is it that you want to audition and you want to look up or make in contact with that place to see what are their audition requirements, because that's going to help you prepare better. It takes all the guessing out of what you actually need to do to be prepared for the audition. Um, generally, scales are going to be asked because scales are difficult for a lot of people to be able to play, particularly as you get to adding more sharps and more flats along the way and also playing in more than one octave. Um, so learning your scales, make sure you have really good breathing technique for when you're playing. A lot of people don't think about this um, just from talking to some students. Learn how to play your scales so musical that it sounds like a piece. 
It should be just as interesting as a piece of music. Um, I'm a percussionist, but even when I practice my skills on a daily basis, I do them in multiple different ways, different dynamics, um, and different rhythmic structures because, one, it teaches me to stay flexible with my playing ability. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing I would tell the students, when you do find out what the audition requirements are, find some pieces, yes, that are technical, but find something that's also at your level. Um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions a lot of people have is when you're coming to audition for at colleges that we're only looking for the best players. Now, yes, we are looking for great players, but we're also looking for players that we see has potential that we can develop at the same exact time. So mm -hmm. find something that suits your playing ability and play it to the top of your playing ability, you know, and just be confident. Um, those are kind of the main things um, that we look, you should be looking for when you get ready to audition and it will help you um, get an audition. Also, I tell students, don't just audition at one place, audition at multiple places. Even if you maybe not, be considering going to a school, just getting that audition ability to sit in front of another professor and receive feedback will help better prepare you for future auditions that you have. Um, when I was in high school getting ready to go to college, I think I auditioned at every single school that I had an opportunity to audition at, um, even if I knew I wasn't considering going to school there per se. Yeah. Um, or even if I wanted to go to school there, because it helped me understand what else I needed to do to become a better percussionist um, during those times. So take advantage of all those opportunities, because you might be surprised that one place that you want to go to, they might actually reject you. And one of the other places you didn't think you were going to go, they might actually be your highest offer when it comes to scholarship and funding. Oh, wow. So they just the kids really need to be first with the scales, just as musical as possible. And then second, yes. with their choice of institutions, they have to have some flexibility with that. That that makes perfect sense, man. It's it's a logical answer. And I think a lot of kids don't think of it like that. They get their heart set on, I want to be in this one institution, and they're not looking at the offers or the opportunities at other university programs. So that's some great advice. I really do appreciate you giving a listening audience that advice. Is, uh, what are some major characteristics that you would look for in a recruit for the South Carolina State University Marching 100, right? Oh, uh, it's the uh, 101. 101, okay. Well, we'll <laughs> add one more band member, so <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Um, some major characteristics that we look for in recruits uh, – Generally, like I said, we're looking for people who, one, have a uh, drive and a passion for wanting to actually play their instrument. We're looking for students who have great potential. Uh, me, I look for students who have great potential to be leaders within the organization um, who are going to have a positive impact in what um, the program is actually doing. So I always question um, students who come in to do auditions, students who are recruiting about what are some things that they've done in their own high school band program? Do they consider themselves a leader within their program? Would the director say that they're a strong player or, you know, those type of questions. And we also look at what are some of the things that students are looking at majoring in, particularly the students who are looking to be music education majors. This gives us an opportunity to kind of talk more to them about what is it takes to actually be a music major. Um, I can't tell you how many students I've met who just feels that 
being a music major in college means just coming to college and make some beats. And that is, you know, you know, a lot of misinformation. So it gives me that opportunity to kind of also educate those students to let them know the path that they're looking to go down. So again, yeah. I look for students with, um, you know, good potential to be great performers, students who has a drive, who want to be great, and students who also can be uh, standout leaders within the organization to help the organization get to that next level. Oh, okay. Man, that's some great information. All of this is good. It's really good. Um, what are some of the audition dates for the marching band program and the music program there at South Carolina State University? We actually are getting ready to start our auditions um, here very soon um, this next week. Our first auditions, we're hosting one on January 31st, February 14th, February 28th. March 27th, April 10th, April 24th, and May 1st. We also make it known to students that if they are unable to attend one of those audition dates, they can always contact the office and we can set up a Skype interview. Or we can also set up a video auditions. Students can submit videos of them performing. And whatever it is that uh, needs to happen, we will come out to the schools to do auditions um, for students, which we're going to be doing that here pretty soon. We're getting that scheduled together. Uh, whatever we need to do, I'm just going to make it accessible for the students. Um, they just, just let us know. Uh, my email address is P-M-O-O-R-E, the number six, at scsu.edu. And they can also call my office at 803-536-8570. Okay. Well, Professor Moore, I can tell you that the information, the dates, and the email address, what I can also do is just add it to the um, this actual podcast and give it to the audience members as, as well. Then my final question to you, you presented at a music conference this past weekend, right? Uh, yes, I've actually okay. presented at two different conferences this past week. Oh, wow. All right. Do you mind telling the audience a bit about the topic that you were speaking about? Yeah. Um, so Wednesday, I was at the Missouri um, State Education Music Education Conference, and I presented a topic on mistakes of young band, mistakes of young music directors or young band mm. directors. Okay. Um, and this came about generally me sitting and talking with some of my other friends, and we've all been teaching now about ten years, and thinking about things that we did our first few years of teaching that we thought were just the best thing in the world to do. It comes out they were just terrible ideas and caused us stress. <laughs> Um, and some of it were things that we just never learned while we were in college because there was just not enough time to get everything and you learn when you're on the job. Um, and so I try to discuss a lot of different things that, uh, from my own personal experiences, um, that, uh, that caused me a lot of struggles. Um, then I also got a lot of feedback from hundreds of directors, uh, in the state of Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Florida, who all graciously sent me kind of like their top three mistakes that they felt were just kind of some of the most worst things they could have done as teaching that caused them a lot of stress. Wow. Um, so I ended up coming up with uh, my general topic of 11 main things and then ended up having a hundred additional um, kind of mistakes that these other seasoned uh, amazing directors were willing to share with me of some mistakes that they had made within their program. So the hope is that all those who attended that clinic in Missouri, you know, definitely got a great broad knowledge of some things that they should definitely consider uh, when they're uh, teaching. Um, the second conference, um, I was in uh, Georgia, 
this past Saturday, uh, yesterday, and the topic on that was uh, how to survive your first year of teaching. Mm-hmm. And this clinic kind of discussed a lot of things that as you're looking at it, you will say, well, man, some of this stuff should kind of be common sense. But it's really easy to remember that once you get into the job, there are things that are common sense. Some of those things really kind of go out the window yeah. because you're trying to solve so many problems. There's so many issues. Every one of your students has like five different personalities that you're trying to juggle. <laughs> you're trying to get yourself acclimated to a brand new environment. And so, you know, just kind of address some things and say, hey, you know, you can you can do this. You can make it. Um, there have been multiple reports that come out that there are a lot of teachers within their first three or four years, they quit teaching. And I think within the first five years, that 40 percent of teachers who start in the profession, they leave at year five. Wow. Um, so, you know, a lot of educators are being lost because, you know, either they're burned out or the job is just not what they thought it was. Yes. So I was just trying to give, you know, some knowledge, you know, to these younger directors um, who are going to be coming in, who are going to be doing this job. And um, actually, um, I'm here in town actually a few more days and I'm actually flying out um, Wednesday to go to Arizona and I'll be speaking at their music education conference as well. And I'll be doing a topic on um, building and branding your band program. Whoa, that's a good one. That's a really good one, especially for the young directors and some of the old veterans as well. Man, that's that is amazing. Professor Moore, you, that man, that's that's crucial. Not enough of that information being being shared uh, from people who are actually in the trenches or have been in the trenches to help these younger ones coming in. So I totally agree with you on that, man. Congrats on that. Whoa. Oh, thank you. That's major. Yeah. I had some great, I still have some great mentors, man, you know, who's helped me along the way who are still helping me. And I'm just basically taking out the knowledge that I've gained personally yeah. and gained from other people and just trying to share it. Uh, with others. Um, I've, I've spoken at so many different music education conferences now. Um, it's still kind of, you know, surreal that I get to actually do this and more and more people um, call me to come back. Um, I think I've done over maybe 20 some music education conferences now um, this far in my career. And, you know, man, it's just it's an honor to be asked to come speak and give this type of knowledge to young educators who are going to be going into this field here soon. Yeah. Well, listening audience for the the actual show or the podcast tonight, I can't call it a show. We have with us Professor Patrick Moore, director of band from South Carolina State University. And Professor Moore, I wish you the best of luck on all of your endeavors. It's not even luck, man, because you you have this knowledge base that you could share with so many directors and music educators around the country. And I would just like to say thank you for gracing us on our podcast tonight and the best of luck and safe travels to you as well. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. So thank you, Prof Moore, and we will see everyone else on the pulse. Thank you.
This podcast will air each Monday for about 50 minutes. The podcast can be downloaded and shared. The podcast highlights include the pressure, pressing topics in music education, the marching arts, jazz band, and concert bands, what works for me, interviews with special guests on techniques and tools that really work in their specific situations, music education resources talk, sharing information on effective resources for urban music programs, where is the money, fundraising ideas and resources for urban music programs. We'll have successful program shout outs, collegiate program highlights, and special guests. Invited guests discussing various topics about music education.